Dr. Mark Malone from Advanced Pain Care on how the spinal cord stimulator blocks pain signals, bringing patients relief at last. And we're able to tune this device to mimic that frequency and essentially block it. I've seen people shed tears of joy in the recovery room when they wake up from their light anesthesia and we turn this device on and they realize their back pain is gone. They cry for joy. Advanced Pain Care at 512-244-4272 or austinpaindoctor.com. They're live, local, and talking about the stories that matter to you. Share your opinions with Mark and Melinda at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Mark and Melinda. Melinda's off today. Brad Swale is here. Melinda returns tomorrow. Tiger's here producing. We hope you're having an outstanding day. KXAN has a report this afternoon that the Travis County District Attorney achieved 9,500 felony convictions from 2021 through 2023. And then the story goes on to point out that the majority of the people convicted in these felonies ended up doing relatively small amounts of time behind bars in local jail rather than a state prison, or they received something called deferred adjudication, which means if you stay out of trouble for a certain period of time, At the end of that time, that can all be wiped away from your record. And then they go into great detail about this. We're talking about rapes, sexual assault, drunk driving convictions, uh, that it says 57% resulted in local jail sentences, which is usually just a small number of days as opposed to years behind bars, which most felons get in other Texas counties here in the state of Texas. Yeah, when you're talking about those serious cases of uh, maybe there's maybe there are some where deferred adjudication is fine. Um, you know, I don't know, minor in possession or something like that uh, of alcohol. Some seven, 18 year old gets caught with a beer. But when you're talking about rape or assaults, I mean, these people need to be behind bars if convicted, and they need to be behind not just some local jail, a state prison for sure. No easy sentence on them. Yeah, here are some of the detailed numbers. 3,000 felony convictions for sexual offenses, violent sexual offenses, 3,000 of those. And the vast majority of those did not end up with long, year-long sentences in state prisons. It says that for more than half of those cases, these people got deferred adjudication agreements meaning all of this could be completely wiped away from their record if they keep their nose clean, let's say, for five or ten years. So think about that. Someone is convicted of felony, violent, sexual assault, and they end up with no time behind bars, and ultimately it all gets wiped away from their record completely. I I have to wonder how women feel about this violent and sexual offenses accounted for more than half of all these cases that resulted in deferred adjudication agreements. You know, we hear so often from the the same groups that talk about reimagining public safety, you know, believe all women and, you know, sexual assault and rape, all that. It happens all the time. We live in a, a society that, that condones it. And then, you know, we have this kind of thing happen. This is awful. This is terrible. This is Exhibit A of the soft-on-crime approach. Yeah. Here's the statement from the Travis County DA, Mr. Garza, to KXAN. 
Over the last three years, the district attorney's office has focused on holding accountable people who commit acts of violence and addressing the root causes of violence. Over the last three years, we have put in place new strategies to prevent gun violence, increase the number of sexual assault convictions, and begun to reduce our reliance on incarceration. That last part is a key. Hold on to that. Here's the last part of the statement. As a result, this is one of the safest communities in the country. Is it? I don't think uh, many of our callers or listeners right now would agree or feel that this is now one of the safest communities in the country. But back up to that one part, Brad. The DA says we have begun to reduce our reliance on incarceration. Yeah, we can tell that you can do that. And we see stories all the time of people that get some sort of slap on the wrist and go out and commit another more heinous crime. And this seems like a a prime example of that where you're letting violent and sexual offenders get deferred adjudication and just go out with a slap on the wrist, a literal slap on the wrist. It's what I... I don't know how people can support this guy still. How is that possible? KXAN says the data from the Office of Court Administration indicates no other county in Texas sentences more felons to local jail than Travis County does over this period. And that shows that we're giving them more lenient sentences. Yes. Right? Yes. So, I don't know. Is this what reimagining public safety looks like? Is this how it works? You just... You don't put people in jail and public safety is therefore reimagined. But which way is it reimagined? Is it reimagined to to be better or worse? Sounds like it's worse. Garza comes from the school of thought that you really should not blame these criminals. Don't hold them accountable. It's not their fault. It's our society's fault that they ended up in this position. So don't take it out on the criminal and put them in prison. Right. It's their circumstances. They don't have enough money. They're just trying to feed their family. We hear all of that stuff. But there's, you know, there's plenty of people in very similar or worse circumstances that are not committing these crimes. Right. No doubt about it. So why? What, why? What makes these people different? Why do you give these people a slap on the wrist? 512-836-0590. You can weigh in with your thoughts. KXAN also says when it comes to felony drunk driving convictions, uh, 70% of those who were convicted got probation or community supervision. Felony Ugh. drunk driving convictions. 70 okay. I, I don't see how this is making anything safer. Those are, those are very serious drunk driving cases. Yeah. Th- these are not just somebody's first rodeo, so to speak, where yeah. they get pulled over and they're a little over the limit. Yeah. Remember, these are felony drunk driving convictions, and 70% of them end up with zero time behind bars. Zero. Not in a local jail, not in state prison. They get community supervision and community service. I wonder what MAD, and they're quoted in this uh, a couple times, but they... This is their whole deal. Mothers against drunk driving. This is their whole. They're very vocal. They're yes. very passionate about it. And good yes. for them. Good for them. If is this it, does this data make them think? Well, maybe we should come out against as an organization. Come out against Jose Garza and his reelection campaign, or DAs like him. Right? Maybe they should make a statement. Yes. No. I th- I think they should. Would that be powerful? 
if Mad Mothers Against Drunk yes. Driving came out against this, yes. against him? KXAN says in the three years that Jose Garza has been the Travis County DA, only 16% of all convictions resulted in a sentence for prison. That's according to the state data that tracks all of this for all counties. Only 16% of these convictions went to prison. I wonder, is that, that, that sounds low. What's a normal year, I wonder? Well, they remember they said earlier in the story, uh, Travis County is the lowest of all the counties in yeah. the state. Right, sending them to, to local jails, right. But, I mean, this, I mean, obviously it's going to be, that's a, certainly a low number given all the other data that we're, we're looking at here, uh, letting people off with the deferred adjudic- adjudication or not prosecuting the basic slap on the wrist for drunk drivers. It, it should definitely be higher than that. Uh, let's go to Jim on I-35. It's Mark and Brad Swale this afternoon, 411. Yeah, Jim, how are you today? Hey, Jim. I'm okay. How are you? Great, sir. Welcome. Hey, Thank you. It's Mark. Hey, I, I, I had a question for you. If they take deferred adjudication for a sex offense, do they, do they still have to uh, register as a sex offender? Could be. Uh, that could be part of the sentencing, yes. Yeah, because I, I know a person who took deferred adjudication and all that, and uh, they they still had to register as a sex offender. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, they didn't get off their record. All right. Thank you. You have a good afternoon. 512-836-0590. You can call. You can text. Uh, Jose Garza will be facing opposition when he comes up for re-election in 2024. Yeah. He has a lot of money. Backing yeah, he, his campaign, he has a ton of money, he, and that's that, that's a huge advantage in a, a local DA race for for sure. But he has a, a from what I can tell, he has a solid Democrat con, uh, opponent in the primary. Uh, I know the Republican uh, David Betts; he seems like a solid guy too. But with all that money, it's going to be a tough battle for sure. Absolutely, I would think that stories like this would really damage him, though, right? You would think. Well. It, it should, but I doubt most voters are going to take the time to really read this story and contemplate the meaning of it yeah. and really come to the conclusions that we're reaching when we look through all of this data. Yeah. No, it, it's a shame. And that's why I say some uh, an organization like Mothers Against Drunk Driving, this is their bread and butter. They should come out, and that would be such a powerful uh, message that they send. Mm-hmm. Robert is with us at 413 on KLBJ. Good afternoon, Robert. How are you? Uh, good afternoon. Uh, thank you for taking my call. You know, based on the track record of this Travis County District Attorney, it sounds like he was, uh, you know, put in office and funded by George Soros, who has a track record of putting these lawless district attorneys uh, in place around the country. Do we have confirmation of that? Uh, he got uh, substantial amounts of money from groups directly affiliated with Soros, yes. Well, that that confirms it. Then it's it's, you know, I wonder why, uh, you know, Trump and the Republicans don't investigate Soros because it looks like he's acting as a foreign agent, and uh, you know, but deliberate attempts to harm our country and and uh, our dis our justice system with all of his funding of these, you know, socialist communist initiatives and nefarious programs. To me, it's uh, it, he should be on the FBI's watch list and be investigated. And 
banned from participating in our process, political well, processes. It has done tremendous damage. When, when you look on these county-by-county uh, county levels at the DAs and judges that he's helped put in place, uh, the devastation is widespread. It's not limited to Travis County. It's happening in Bear County, in Houston. Uh, so he's succeeding if that's what he's trying to do. Robert, thank you. It's happening all over California. I mean, luckily, San Francisco, well, maybe a year ago, they uh, recalled their DA, uh, Gascon. I can't remember how to pronounce his name. but they, they tried to, but it was not successful. On the DA? Yeah. In L.A., yeah. He's still there. I was talking about San Francisco. I think they did it in San Francisco, right? Okay. Yeah. San Francisco. Yeah. Chesa Boudin. There you go. Yes. That's the guy. Yeah, that was San Francisco. All right, 512-836-0590. They're all over the place. Yeah, they are. Uh, you need a scorecard to keep track of them. <laughs> 512-836-0590. It's 415 at KLBJ. And now back to the Mark and Melinda Show. Join the conversation at 512-836-0590. Hope you're having a great afternoon. We're discussing a KXAN report. The Travis County District Attorney convicted 9,500 people of felonies over 2021 through 2023. 57% got local jail sentences, not state prison time. Uh, Data indicate no other county in Texas sentenced more people to local jail on felony convictions than Travis County did during the same period. Uh, Josh has some thoughts on that from South Austin. Hey, Josh, how are you? Hey, Josh. Hey, um, I originally called in with a different point, um, but I didn't realize that they were sending them to state, uh, to local jail instead of state jail. I will say, though, that local jail is a lot harsher on an inmate than state jail. I'm speaking from experience. There's a lot of um, privileges that you get at state jail. But I, what I was more interested to, to hear from you guys is that, your leading candidate for uh, Republican president, your leading presidential candidate, Trump, is credibly convicted of assaulting someone sexually. And so he but he still has a lot of your support. So I wonder what the difference is between you're wanting to be more um, like have harsher punishments for people who commit sexual assault. But you'll still vote for a guy who's been convicted of the same are you talking about the eugene carroll case i am okay that was not a criminal case that was a civil case well sure because the statute of limitations had run out but what he was civilly found liable for is what anybody would call rape he stuck his fingers inside that woman and then he lied about it so yeah, I don't think that was a. I don't. I don't think. I know he. He's been. Uh, he's been convicted, he and he needs to pay what the eighty-four million dollars or whatever. Uh, I still don't think it was a credible. I don't think it was credible. Uh, there's been a lot of people that have pointed out the the holes in her story and how uncredible she is as a person. I'm sorry, you shouldn't talk over me just because you don't like my opinion. Oh, I was just answering your question. Well, the judge said he raped her, and it was just too late on the statute of limitations for it to be a criminal thing. So he had to go. She had to go after him civilly, which is what she did, and she won because the judge said that he agreed that he had raped her or sexually assaulted her. Yeah, so you, you keep getting you keep getting the terms wrong there, Josh. Well, 
assault is the criminal code, and rape is like a colloquialism. There's no rape statute in the, on the criminal code. It's called sexual assault. So I'm sorry. I was just trying to, you know, get my wording right. Yeah. Well, what do you make of the fact that E. Jean Carroll could not recall the date when this allegedly happened? She recalled that it did happen, right? She could not say under oath the date or the year and when it when it happened. Well, the judge found her to be credible still. So what does it matter what I think? This is a judge who hears all the evidence. He's not pontificating on on an error, like on a radio station or, you know, coming up with facts that fit his narrative. He's listening to all the facts from both sides. What? Trump had his lawyers there. She had her lawyers there. He decided that he that she raped that that he raped her. What does it Josh, matter? Josh, it was a jury, not a judge who reached that conclusion. Even better, more people found that he raped her. Josh, you you say, what does it matter what you think? It matters what you think. You should actually, you should look into it, and you should judge on your own, by yourself, and look at it and say, hey, what is this, is this person a credible person? You know, let's look at her history. Are there holes in this case? Like, you shouldn't just say, oh, well, a judge said it. It must be true. Well, how could, what's your evidence that it didn't happen, just that she couldn't remember a day? Uh, no, there are. Uh, I, mean, I just don't think I don't understand why you guys are um, sort of clutching your pearls at not at people not getting jail time, but you will support openly someone who has been convicted of rape. You think that we're clutching our pearls over violent and sexual offenders getting slaps on the wrist in Travis County? Do you think that women out there that are uh, victims of all this? I are they cl- are they clutching their pearls? Stop, stop interrupting. Yeah. Josh, stop interrupting. We're letting you talk. Stop interrupting. Go ahead, Brad. Uh, do you think that okay. the women in Travis County, they're they're cl- they're pearl clutchers because they they think that this is that the, this is too lenient? These people that are victims of these crimes? Are no, they no, pearl no, clutchers? Not, no, no, no. No, sir. I'm not. Well, that's I'm the not, point that we're making. That. We're making the point that, hey, these are really well, light I'm, sentences for these people. And maybe that uh, th- this reimagining public safety is not working out too well. Okay, well, let me make this last point. Then. It's, it starts at the top. And if we're not going to hold our leaders responsible for these kind of things, then how can we expect anyone else to hold anyone else responsible? I think it's disgusting. That's why I called in. But what I think is more disgusting is that you guys wholeheartedly support Trump on this channel, but you still want to have a... a like a secondary reaction to when it happens to anybody else. Like if Trump did it, no big deal. If someone in Travis County did it, they should throw him under the jail. That's what I'm, I'm pointing out your hypocrisy. That's all. Well, let's, uh, let's go back to the real facts. Trump was held accountable. He got hit with a uh, $5 million judgment in that first civil case. And then he got hit. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for talking while you're interrupting. Excuse me for talking while you're interrupting, Josh. Uh, On the second case, he got hit with an $83 million judgment in civil court. That is holding somebody accountable. Is it really, though? I mean, $83 million to him is nothing. He's a billionaire, right? So why why not send him to state jail? He credibly did it to the tune of $83 million. Defamed her when she could not even give the year and the date when this allegedly happened? 
why are you so hung up on that? They decided a court, a, a court, a jury of her peers and his peers decided that he did, in fact, do that. Well, wouldn't you be upset in your case where you ended up in jail if there were that many holes in the prosecution's case that sentenced you to jail? I, why do you keep on asking sem- separate questions? I'm asking you, why do you still support Trump if you're also saying that he was like found guilty and being made to pay a penalty, but th- it's okay if he pays the fine, but you're still going to vote for him to run the country. What is that telling? What is that? What message is that sending to the females or the women of Travis County? All right. Uh, your logic is twisted like a pretzel and you're missing a lot of key facts. Thank you for the call. Yeah. I mean, they not, there's there's holes in E. Jean Carroll's story. There's holes in her case. I'm not sure what else to say about it. You know, if you if he if if the, if he thinks that she's 100 percent credible, there's no chance that she's lying. I guess that's you know go live your life that way. That's fine. Yes. Sure. All right. Five one two eight three six zero five ninety. You can call. You can text. Bill is in Round Rock on KLBJ. Hi, Bill. Welcome. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are y'all? Fine, sir. Welcome. Well, in regards to uh, the DA of Travis County, I think uh, objectively, if people stop and ask themselves, are we as a people in Travis County in a better place from the time he stepped in to the time that here we are at election season? I think the answer is no, if we're being objective. Mm-hmm. I think he spent more of the Travis County uh, tax money uh, going after cops, killing morale in the city of the people that serve and defend that county as a whole. And just to gather headlines and make good on campaign promises, um, he may be being ran by outside sources, but it, it 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 is not impartial what he's doing. I do not feel like that the county, as a whole, is in a better position, uh, in, in a safety or a cohesive relationship between law enforcement and his office at all. And I think at the end of this, his track record will prove that. Yeah, I think those are excellent points. You c- you can talk with the APD. And uh, they will describe uh, a very difficult relationship with the DA now, as opposed to previous DAs. They worked as a team to try yeah. to keep the public safe, and that's not happening now. I agree yeah. wholeheartedly that his, his his track record will not prove that he did a great job. I just wonder how long it'll be before uh, Austin voters realize that track record. Well, I, I think when it comes to relationships and how the public views law enforcement at times, uh, it will be the same for him. It's, it's not important until it affects them. Uh, your, your last caller, I feel the same way. He's outside of a bubble looking in. And so, and until it affects them, until they need the police, until they need the justice system, they don't care. It's all subjective instead of objective. Yeah, that's, a, that's another key point. Uh, when you really, really need help, you call the police, and they're the ones that run toward danger. Yep. They, they put aside politics, and they always answer the call. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Have a good afternoon. 512-836-0590. Were you going to make another point, Brad? No, I was just going to say, you're, you're right. They, they, don't look your, they don't look at your voter registration. They don't care about your socioeconomic status or anything like that. They just try to help, right? They come to the call. They, you call Ab- them, they're there. Absolutely. Whether it's uh, domestic violence or carjacking or whatever the case. Yeah, Absolutely. 512-836-0590-428. Now, news headlines coming up next on KLBJ. 
They're live, local, and talking about the stories that matter to you. Share your opinions with Mark and Melinda at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Mark and Melinda. Thanks a lot for joining us. Melinda's off today. She'll be back tomorrow. Brad Swale is here. Tiger is producing. And this is Edgar in Dell Valley. Hi, Edgar. How are you? I'm pretty good. Yes. What are your thoughts, Edgar? Yes. One was just a, a correction towards the uh, uh, lady that you had earlier about the underage drinking and all that, how she mentioned that the DEA has to deal with that. And just wanted to, you know, mention that that's the TABC that deals with that, not DEA. So just wanted to correct that. And um, another another key point that she spoke about was about like porn and stuff like that and how like social media is 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 a big thing causing kids to you know have problems and stuff um as far as when it comes to porn or like adult sites um whether it's regular social media how it's like um making it more like easily accessible or viewable making that the norm and stuff like that there is a lot of uh free adult sites that are out there that anybody can can get on they could just because they don't even have you actually put your actual date of birth whenever it says, oh, are you 18 and up? Or if you're not, click, you know, don't enter, don't proceed. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of um, sites that are like that. Nothing's really regulated. And um, one thing that I wanted to add to that is that. Um, well, before you go on, like, let me let me just ask you, Edgar, uh, <laughs> in one of the topics we've been discussing is the testimony today in the Senate, the CEOs of the social media platforms were there, and senators were grilling them. Why aren't you doing more to protect children and teenagers from harmful content on your social media platforms? Where do you come down on this, Edgar? Do you think the government should write some new laws, uh, or do you say leave it up to the parents to protect the kids? Where do you stand on all that? One thing about that, like me, I— I always firmly believe that um, the parents are the number one person that need to uh, uh, take a stand when it comes to their kids and not let, you know, whether it be local governments, state governments, federal governments, uh, dictate what what a, a person should do with their own kids. Um, if it gets to a, to a certain point where, like, it's out of control, then, you know, then they have to take it a step further. But when it comes to um, stuff like that, the parents have the sole responsibility of of ensuring and making sure that their kids, you know, aren't being exposed to certain things and always um, uh, have conversations with the kids about the dangers of what's online, what's out there, uh, what can be viewed and and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Uh, As far as, as far as like having governments come and dictate uh, what, you can do as a person within your household or within your family. I feel like that's um, that's uh, basically telling a parent that that they're not doing what what needs to be done. All right, very good, Edgar. Thank you. You have a good afternoon. Were you going to make a point there, Brad? No, I think it all just, I mean, it still comes back to, you know, the parents are the, the first stop. They need to be in charge of this. And, you know, I, I you've said it before, Congress, if they do something, I don't really trust that they're going to do a good job of it. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Lisa at the Domain 434 on KLBJ. Lisa, welcome. How are you this afternoon? Hey, Lisa. I'm great. How are y'all? 
Very well. Thank you, Lisa. Yeah, I just wanted to say, as far as that case with Trump goes, and I'm not going to say who I'm voting for. I just wanted to say that if I, as a woman, had been raped, especially by Donald Trump, I would absolutely remember the minute, the hour, the date, the year. And I would have made sure that if it was in a store, that they had cameras that could have seen him come and going, me come and going. I mean, to me, this case is not credible at all. And I just think that it was a money grab. And there's so much of that going on that it, it, it's just atrocious, some of the things that are going on these days. I, I just, I'm glad I don't have children. Let's put it that way. I, th- I think it's more nefarious than just a money grab because it, you know, like the last, like that one caller, you know, now Trump is painted as a, you know, guilty of this crime when, and that maybe that maybe that hurts his presidential chances, his, his ability to govern, that sort of thing. So I think it's more than just the money. It's absolutely nefarious on um, on so many levels. It, a lot of these um, just going after him and the way that so many of these legal, you know, this this this, I don't know, the way that it's such a hypocritical uh, legal system these days with everything. It's just so backwards. It's just got me. And I've never been a political person. In fact, I've always been a surfer in the ocean. Love that. Don't like this. But the things I'm hearing make me want to call in and just give my two cents, if that's worth it. It is worth it. Yes. That's that's (laughs) why we're here. We talk about the big stories of the day, and we get your input and your thoughts, and we appreciate your calling, Lisa. Have a good day. You know, I, I think you're one of the, the best shows on the radio, bar none. Wow. Thank you, Lisa. We really appreciate that. Absolutely. I, I, and I'm being very honest. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, you take care. Have a good afternoon. Thank you, Lisa. 512-836-0590. Uh, This is Andrew in Hutto with Mark and Brad Swale. Good afternoon, Andrew. How are you? Hey, Andrew. I'm doing good, guys. Um, I want to comment on D.A. Garza, but if I can, can I say one quick thing about that Trump rape trial? You got to remember, he wasn't convicted of rape. They said that he sexually assaulted her. You know, that's two entirely different things. Yeah, that's what we were pointing out to the caller. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. And, And with the D.A. Garza thing, one thing I'd be interested to know is these people are getting the slap on the wrist. What, what percentage of them are minorities versus white? Because, you know, it seems like now everything has to be with racism. Are the white people getting the same treatment as other races and vice versa? This story does not uh, go into racial data. They don't break it down anywhere according to race or ethnicity or anything like that. These are just the, the overall numbers. They, they paint yeah. a picture that people convicted of felonies uh, are getting much lighter sentences in Travis County than any other county in Texas. That's the the bottom line conclusion. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there was uh, some major discrepancies, as you described. Uh, I know that Jose Garza is very, you know, he's committed to that racial justice equity, and that's what that would mean is, you know, letting some people off because of the, their, the color of their skin and punishing other people because of the, the color of their skin more harshly. So I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it's possible. Maybe they'll do a follow-up. 512-836-0590. You can weigh in with your thoughts, call or text us to join the conversation. Also, 
There's a story out of New York City that has video showing illegal immigrants attacking two New York City police officers right there in Times Square. The officers were trying to arrest an illegal immigrant, and they ended up rolling around on the sidewalk with this guy. He was fighting with them, trying to get away, and then you can see on the video at least four other illegal immigrants come in and start kicking the officers in the head, in the ribs, any way they can, trying to get them off of this guy. And now uh, those four have been arrested in New York City, but they're already free again. A judge released them, didn't require any bond to be put up in order for them to be released from jail. And the leadership of the New York City Police Department is furious about this. They should be furious. Oh, yeah. The, The leader of the police in New York City just tore into the judges who are doing this kind of thing. I, I, I watched the video, and it does start off seemingly, seemingly somewhat peaceful, right? And it's an interaction with the police, pretty normal, and then everything goes south, and it's it blows me away that something like this happens, and they get off with the you know no bail or reconnaissance bail or whatever. Uh, just hey, come back when it's your court date. You know, here's a little ticket, a reminder. Yeah, I right. wonder if these migrants in New York City. Is there anything that they can't do that they're not allowed to do? I mean, they get they get put up, they get fed, they get all these services, they can take flights anywhere they want on the New York City taxpayer dime. What is it that they can't do? Well, remember, New York City is a sanctuary city. New York is a sanctuary state, meaning they do not cooperate with ICE. If ICE were to contact them and say, would you hold them until we can get there and get them, New York City would not comply with that. They would not cooperate. That's what being a sanctuary city means. Right. Sure. I, I, I get that. But being a sanctuary city doesn't mean that, all right, you're not going to cooperate with ICE and hold a, 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 an illegal immigrant, but you're going to let them beat up cops. You're going to let them be violent in the streets. Yes. That, I don't think that that's, I, as, if that's a rule of sanctuary cities, I, we, got a, we got a big problem on our hands. Now, one of the four who's been arrested was out after having been charged in two other separate crimes, both felony charges. Okay. And he was out, didn't put up any bond on those other felony charges. So he was already facing two serious charges when he took part in this attack on the two police officers. And now he has a third and another slap on the wrist. What has this guy got to do to go back to his home country? 512-836-0590. 512-836-0590. Lydia is with us at 441 on KLBJ. Hello, Lydia. How are you? Hey, Lydia. Wonderful. Thank you for answering my call. Quick and simple. The woman that accused former President Trump, I do not believe her. From personal experience from two female daughters that were sexually assaulted, not raped, that you do not forget the date and any information involving the incident. This woman also, you don't wait, maybe, I believe, 40 years plus. That is not true either. I believe former President Trump did not do this, especially when I have visited him back in my younger years, uh, say 1990, because I'm 69 right now. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, you did not see him without any escort. So there was never a time that this former president, before he was president, ever by himself, where she can accuse him at a store with no security and no cameras of what he did. 
she is all after the money because what happened to me and my daughters, I was never interested in the dollar. I was interested either he does incarceration or six feet under. And I got blessed that in those five years, he was six feet under. That's my statement. And and did you and your family members report it relatively quickly to the police? We found out, and my children told me, finally had confidence to tell me, I'm going to say eight or nine months into the abuse. Mm-hmm. It was very well manipulated by a family member. But ultimately, there was a report to the police, and this Correct. this person and was, was convicted. Therapy, lots of therapy. That my daughters now have excellent jobs in Austin, whereas I'm able to hear you clearly. I'm in Camal County. Very, I'm, I admire your station and your subject. Well, thank you, Lydia. You have a good afternoon. We appreciate it. I am. All right. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Five one two eight three six zero five ninety. It's four forty three at News Radio KLBJ. And now back to the Mark and Melinda show. Join the conversation at 512-836-0590. 446 Tigers here producing, and we go to Chris on KLBJ. Good afternoon, Chris. Okay. Uh, Yes, good afternoon. Yes, Chris, welcome. What are your thoughts? Uh, Apropos the uh, alleged uh, Trump uh, sexual assault. Uh, and it happened to me up in New York about 1990. I was sitting at a alfresco uh, having a cup of coffee, a lot of empty tables around. A girl came up to me and sat down and started talking to me. A, a little bit unpleasant girl, but I did my best to chit-chat with her. We talked for just a while, maybe less than five minutes. She said, uh, if you don't take me out on a date, I'm going to call the police and tell him you raped me. I didn't know this girl from anybody, from Eve. And uh, All right, so, all right, Chris, I need you to tie this into what we're discussing right now, please. Oh, this is apropos the, the Trump, alleged Trump rape? Yes, sir. Well. But, but what's the bottom line here? What, what was the final the outcome of all is, this? Not all girls are nice. <laughs> Okay, Chris, thank you. You have a good afternoon, sir. 512-836-0590. You can call. You can text to join the conversation. We also have a story out of St. Louis where Starbucks has fired two of their baristas. Uh, The background is that uh, two guys came in waving what appeared to be a handgun to rob everybody in there. One of the bad guys with the gun came back behind the counter and asked 20-year-old Michael Harrison to open the cash register. He tried. He didn't have the manager's code to get into the cash, and that's when the bad guy hit the barista over the head with a pistol. But the pistol broke. The other barista saw that, and he said, that's not a real gun. I'm going after these guys. He started fighting with the guy. The other barista joined in. One of the bad guys ran away. These baristas subdued and held the other bad guy until police got there. And the police congratulated the baristas and said, well done. Thank you. You guys are great. And now Starbucks has fired the two baristas who fought back against the two guys who came in ostensibly holding a gun to rob the customers. Now, oh God, I, I, we hear stories like this you know, somewhat often. The, the employee, they try to do the right thing, and at the end of the day, they get punished for 
you know, trying to protect themselves, protect the store, protect a coworker in this case. And, you know, I, I, I can understand why Starbucks would, would let them go. They, they violate the policy. I know why the policy's there, right? If you interact with them, if you don't just say, okay, here, here's the money from the, the cash register or whatever, then maybe they get more violent and then maybe a customer gets hurt, a mm-hmm. different customer. Mm-hmm. And then Starbucks is liable for that customer's injuries, right? I, I get why the policy's there. But also, aren't policies sometimes allowed to be flexible? I think you should examine them case by case yeah. and try to take all the circumstances into account. This one barista says, I was asking the manager to get up. The manager was down on the floor crying. He wouldn't get up to come and open the cash register and get the money out. He was down there crying. Customers were face down on the floor crying. And so this barista was trying to comply with yeah. the bad guy. And he got hit over the head by that fake pistol. I, I wonder if the manager's going to get fired for not complying. Well, here's the statement from Starbucks. In situations like this, our training and protocols guide our partners to comply and de-escalate the situation. This is for their safety and the safety of everyone in the store. Yeah. And our baristas did not comply and de-escalate. I... I- I understand why the policy is there. I think it's generally a good policy. You want them to de-escalate. You want them to cooperate so that their lives don't get, so that they don't risk their lives and the lives of the other people in the store. That's a very real threat when someone has a gun at a Starbucks trying to get money. Mm-hmm. And if you don't comply or you agitate them more, maybe that customer over there sitting in the corner trying to do their homework, maybe they get shot, right? I get the policy. Yes. But in this case- examine the policy, maybe be a little bit flexible. The attorney who will soon be suing Starbucks says Missouri has a stand your ground law and it supersedes any company policy. It says, if you feel that your life is in imminent danger, you have a right to stand your ground and defend your own life. And he says, clearly these two baristas thought their life was in danger. Yeah, I mean, you don't know that it's a, a fake gun in the moment until it breaks, right? And even if it is a fake gun, you still one guy got hit over the head, has a bloody, you know, gouge on his scalp. Mm-hmm. There's real danger there. You don't know if he has a knife on him or perhaps a real gun in his pocket. You don't know what's going on. So yeah, stand your ground, absolutely. And I think you know, stand your ground, even if you lose your job, stand your ground. Yeah, the attorney is pointing out. Look, he tried to comply and de-escalate. He clearly was trying to open the cash register. Yeah, and when he couldn't, the bad guy clubbed him with the gun. The the one that was not following protocol, it sounds like, was the manager. I, I get it. You're on the floor crying. You're scared. I understand. I I hope that I would not be that way in that situation. But I I can empathize with it. But you're not following protocol. You're not cooperating. You're not de-escalating. The baristas point out that a lot of the employees have been complaining about the conduct of customers and others coming into this particular location. They feel that it's dangerous and that Starbucks has not been taking their complaints seriously. But Starbucks says, no, we have not disregarded their complaints. In fact, we temporarily closed that location to make safety improvements, and we have given the employees the option of locking the main door and only offering the drive-through if they feel things are not safe. How do you determine when is the right time to lock the front door? Is it before or after the guy comes in with a gun? <laughs> right? It's, 
it's a little late at that point, isn't it? When exactly. he's already in. Yeah, and as an employee, I would think I don't know when the right time to lock the door is. If I do it too much, is the store going to lose business and I'm going to lose my job? Like that's a lot of pressure for just a regular employee. All right, Starbucks five, needs to do more. Five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Alan is calling from New Orleans at four fifty three. Alan, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Hey, Alan. Excellent. How are you guys? Very well, Alan. Welcome, sir. So, and uh, you guys are obviously better at this. I don't remember the young man that called in that was trying to associate y'all's commentary about the DA versus the Trump case and stuff like that. But uh, an educating moment for that young man is the Trump case is a civil case. You pointed it out, but you, you, you don't go to jail for civil penalties. You only pay fines. Right. So him asking why you guys are not pressuring or wanting Trump in jail, he didn't even get the story right. Like the, the, they found him not guilty of rape. He kept saying rape. It was, it was sexual assault or sexual abuse. I can't remember which one. Which could just be him touching somebody inappropriately. You know, it, 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 again, it's, it was $5 million. The, the $83 million was a was a defamation suit. It has, yes. it has nothing to do with that. So the guy trying to compare a civil litigation to a DA letting a bunch of felons go and not serving jail time is ignorant at best or woefully just denying the facts. Alan, thanks very much. Uh, appreciate your listening uh, on the app there in New Orleans. You have a good day, sir. You too. Okay. Thank you. 512-836-0590. Uh, I- yeah, go ahead, Brad. Well, I was going to say, I mean, it. yeah, the, the E. Jean Carroll case is it's so full of holes. You know, you could it, it, it leaks like a sieve. Right. And I don't understand why that's not a hard thing to do. You don't just say, oh, well, a judge said that it happened. So therefore it happened. Go look at it. Right. Go look at the case. Go look at the mm-hmm. facts mm-hmm. and judge for yourself. Right. That's that's a good way to do it. I think. Yes. Try to gather as much information as you can. Absolutely. We'd like to have your thoughts as well on this uh, story about Starbucks firing the two baristas. Was that the right call? Do you agree with that? Or should they have uh, given these guys some grace uh, considering what all they had endured? 512-836-0590. One of these guys who's fired was paying uh, his own way in his education. He was studying to become a paramedic, and he says, now I don't know what I'm going to do. Well... Hopefully there's other jobs for him, and hopefully someone local, some other business in that area sees that he's he's committed to the business, right? Starbucks obviously doesn't love him, but he loves Starbucks enough to try to you know protect it. Maybe another business will see that and reward him. Yeah. Also today in Washington, D.C., FBI Director Christopher Wray said we all need to be alarmed about what China is attempting to do in our country. China's hackers are positioning on American infrastructure in preparation to wreak havoc and cause real-world harm to American citizens and communities if and when China decides the time has come to strike. Our water treatment plants, our electrical grid, our oil and natural gas pipelines, our transportation systems, and the risk that poses to every American requires our attention now. They're not focused just on political and military targets. We can see from where they position themselves 
across civilian infrastructure that low blows aren't just a possibility in the event of a conflict. Low blows against civilians are part of China's plan. All right, uh, we'll get deeper into that and much more coming up next right after the news on the top of the hour on KLBJ. Dr. Mark Malone from Advanced Pain Care on how the spinal cord stimulator blocks pain signals, bringing patients relief at last. And we're able to tune this device to mimic that frequency and essentially block it. I've seen people shed tears of joy in the recovery room when they wake up from their light anesthesia and we turn this device on and they realize their back pain is gone. They cry for joy. Advanced Pain Care at 512-244-4272 or austinpaindoctor.com.